I'm Cameron Marshall, and you're listening to the Piffles Podcast. Stay tuned. Johnny McKegg, man. Here we go. This is the Piffles Podcast, episode 122. Bye, bye, bye. I just saw the title. <laughs> I literally just saw I the really should have played it in sync. I was going to say, I hope fantastic. we are in sync tonight. Oh, I don't think so. Boo. The, team, the team wasn't. No, we'll get to that in a second. Hey, this is the Piffles Podcast. We are your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks so much for giving us uh, your attention for a while. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but we'll try something. Hopefully keep it. Hopefully keep it. <laughs> and off we go. <laughs> you can give us a follow on Twitter, at PifflesPod. You can follow me, at RealAlexD. I'm at Safamod. Follow me, at Greg on Sports. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Check us out on Instagram as well. Search PifflesPod. And the website, PifflesPodcast.com. Stuff going up there all the time. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. They're now on Skip the Dishes, so you can be lazy like me and still get your fan food fix. And I did. I totally you got did. You got into that already? I did, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I can't say no to food. When you need, you need a blizzard, you need a blizzard. Uh, the and old, it didn't peanut come butter Earl Henry? Mm-hmm. Oh, you actually skipped the dish yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, I do it that, once. I had to at least try it. <laughs> so, Skip the Dishes, Dairy Queen, on Elphinstone and Sash Drive. Piffles Podcast, we're a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, on Twitter, at CFPodNetwork, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Check out hashtag SASPodcast, hashtag SASPodcastNetwork, hashtag SKPodcastNetwork. Lots of great uh, Saskatchewan podcasts there. There's almost as many hashtags as podcasts, actually. Almost. There's a lot on there, actually. I, I, I was actually quite surprised and delighted by the amount of uh, Saskatchewan talent putting out There's a uh, lot of podcast. good stuff on there. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So and check that too. out. Yeah. And us. <laughs> and they included us yeah, in yeah. for some reason. We got a lot to get to. Let's get right to it. Time for the opening kickoff. So, Riders dropping their record to 1-3, and three, losing 37-10 to at home to the Calgary Stampeders in a game that we all picked them to win. And that should have been our first clue right there. Anytime we pick the Riders to win, never Unanimously, it never yeah. works. Let's start with the offense. And we're done. Eh, what offense? That was about it. The offense went vanilla. After a week where, you know, against Toronto, they were airing the ball out. Cody Fajardo was fantastic. The, the, the scheme changed. There was no deep passes. There was nothing. It was all, it looked like the 2018 offense again. The problem was they were out three starting offensive linemen, and Fajardo was getting pressured nonstop, and... He hadn't seen that yet, and the moment he got that pressure, he rolled out every time, and it got predictable. And you look at it, lost to Hamilton, but it was a tight game. Lost, considering you lost Claros and Fajardo. Yeah, it was got a one-score one game. Um, tight against Ottawa, blow Toronto out of the water, and then we face a Western team, and any confidence we had, we got punched in the face. Like, Calgary doesn't matter who they put up there, has the best depth in the league, hands down. 
Nick Arbuckle's been with them for, what, three years now? So it's not like he's a, a pure rookie. So he knows that offense in and out, and he went out and absolutely exposed the Riders' defense. We'll talk about them in a second. But, uh, Steve, to your point, Cody Fajardo rolling out all the time, it looked like he got exposed. It looked like this, this whole team's offense got exposed. If Fajardo doesn't have the time, they have nothing. I mean, to be fair, you could say that about a lot of teams, right? But he threw off his back foot a couple times. Don't throw it to Trey Roberson. Ever. The guy had three picks, has five on the year now. And if you... Oh, two picks. He had three in the first yeah, three couple games, yeah. But if you, if you look at it, though, I think once they got down, he was trying to do way too much. He was trying to bring this team in, especially on that second interception. I don't know what the hell he was thinking when he threw that one. And what's sad is we... The game wasn't over at that point. We were still, I mean, at that point we were down 12. You know, had just scored not not long before that. And, yeah, they gave up another long touchdown drive to the Stamps. But they showed they could at least put the ball in the end zone. And the very next drive, Trey Robertson's running, was it 50 yards, yep. 55 yards to the house. And we we have to take the good with the bad when we're when we're trying to start out a rookie quarterback. We, we knew he wasn't going to be perfect for the next... 16 games I'd rather it was against an eastern team that he crapped the bed but or at least not at home this is why some of us were saying pump the brakes on the Fajardo love like let's wait till he actually faces a a very very good team here and this is what happened now it's it's not all on Fajardo you look at what was he 9 of 15 so percentage wise wasn't bad but it was all dump offs and short things and there was just there's really no options for them. Yeah, they took so they took was, out all the the creativity from an offense that was a lot of fun to watch over the last yeah. couple of weeks. It was a it was a bad combination of a good defense and Stephen McAdoo for some reason reverting back to 2018. Stephen McAdooing. Now on the flip side, the defense. Um, where were they? AC Leonard showed up. He was good. He had a hell of a game. Had a couple sacks. Had uh, tackle for loss. He was in the backfield constantly. Like he didn't. He was putting pressure on Arbuckle ninety percent of the time. Only pr- problem is though, a lot of those were when they were bringing uh, Eat 'em up with a blitz. Like at least they weren't doing three man rush, but they were getting no pressure with four. On the flip side, Calgary was getting a ton of pressure with four. So I don't know what's going on and why we just can't seem to break through. I think that I think the Riders need to uh, to go back to the pressure. Need to look at solidifying whatever group they want to go with and for the O-line because they've they swapped out the last three games. They were swapping between Vaughn, Cofield, and Col- uh, Coleman. And just pick pick two and go because having one of those on the bench, uh, rotating constantly was a mistake. But on the defensive side, they, they were bad across the, across the board. Solomon Means was awful is not strong enough. Not harsh enough for how bad he was that game. Growing pains with a young cornerback. Worst tackling performance by a rider, <clears throat> Solomon Means or um, Junior Murtaugh. Junior Murtaugh, <laughs> yes. Um, Junior still Murtaugh. Junior Murtaugh. <laughs> Come on, that was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, that game turned on that. Was it a forty-two yard pass interference when we had Calgary locked up at the two-yard line, down five points, hundred eight-yard drive and five yep. plays. That was it. That, that was, was the game. game. Yeah. Yep. Because that was the drive before the pick six, and it was just that took all of the momentum from 
And the, the worst part of that is if you make a mistake, own it, and we can probably move on. Him fighting it going, basically saying there's no way in hell that was a pass interference. That was textbook pass interference. You didn't even <laughs> you look. Did, yeah, turn you, your head. That's all you need to do. When you see a receiver go up, do one of these. You'll never get an easy. I turned my head. Sorry, I I, I pulled a Steve there. Not on TV. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm used. Uh, I was on video earlier this week, and it really threw me off. <laughs> but like, yeah, turn your head. That's all you need to do. And I understand moment, and you're trying to break up the play, but you know you're going to run through the guy at that point. You have to know that. And he had help. Another and and. I think it was on that drive. Was that the drive that Eric Rodgers got that touchdown? Yeah, yeah. and burned Ed Ganey. Ed Ganey. And he took pass interference on that yeah. play, Ed Ganey did. Yeah. And if you're going to take pass interference on Make a play where you know you're beat, tackle the guy. Make it count. Make it worth it. Don't let him score the touchdown. Yeah, they'd get the ball at the, you know, probably about the 15-yard line or so, whatever it would have been. But take that penalty and, and make it worth it. Tackle the dude. Don't let him beat you. That was a pretty weak pass interference call, to be honest. Yeah, he still held him back. Yeah, it wasn't a wrong call. It was just, especially compared to the, the Solomon Means play from a couple plays before, it was pretty weak. Hey, how about uh, Solomon Elamimian? Did he play? Why, Apparently. Why, why was he in that game? Can anyone explain to me why he was in that game? I understand, big name, let's get him out there. You're going into a bye week. He didn't look right. He wasn't up to game speed. He, there's no reason to throw him out there when Dyshawn Davis is just as good as he is right now. When you talk about game speed, though, to be fair, if he didn't play that game and still had the bye week and came back next week against BC, he's still going to have that rust to knock off. I agree, but I'd rather have that rust against BC than against Calgary. Yeah, that's true. But going into this game, Calgary didn't look any better than that BC team. If, if you're going to, other than the last minute and a half from the week before... But for 58 minutes, BC almost looked like the better team last week. So you, I get the idea to play them, but... BC was also playing against Toronto last week. Anyone looks against a good Toronto, i.e. us. BC played Calgary the week before. Oh, played... oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about the game before. No, no, no. Oh, okay, never mind. No, I don't get me started on that game. Although we, we can't talk about the Rouge. Oh, we'll talk about young. that in a second, yeah. We're, I'm too young to talk about it. Yeah. That's fantastic. We all are, and I'm, so. I'm almost closer to 60 than I am uh, 16, but that's beside <laughs> the point. I do want to give um, a couple praises. I wrote down one here for you, because we actually do prep some of this stuff once in a while. It doesn't show, but we yeah. do it. Yeah. We swear. Um, John Ryan, I thought, did a, a good job punting. And I know I've been kind of critical of him out kicking his coverage and blah blah blah. Did you see that? Weeks. Did you see that when he kind of muffed? I think it was like the sec first or second one. He went back to the bench and threw his helmet. No, I didn't. See yeah, that. he was pissed. Reaction. Yeah. But what I liked is that <laughs> it was almost like that Josh Bartel style, style yeah. where he kicked it away from the returners and kicked it onto the ground so it would bounce around and allow his like the 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 coverage team to get down there. And in worst case, you're giving up a five yard or not a fifteen yard, no yards. And for whatever reason, it seemed to work. Like I don't know if it's because these guys are used to that's what they were used to last year with Bartell and, and Craig Dickinson as you know special teams coordinator, and and that's just what the team is used to. And whatever they did, it seemed to work. And we actually pinned Calgary back deep quite a bit. They just happened to make those drives. I was going to say you you couldn't tell by the score. Now, this, this Riders team, 1-3, obviously this is a disappointing loss 
against Calgary because we all thought this is on paper. It was a winnable game. On it paper. was a very winnable game, and they should have been a lot better. But I mean, it was five days rest. Calgary had a couple extra days, and it was a shorter week going into a bye. And maybe they did kind of mail it in because they're like, well, after this, we got a week off, blah, blah, blah. And we have to remember, as bad as that game was, they were in it at the end of the third quarter. They were down by five before the last play in the third quarter. I mean, that 37 to 10 looks ugly. And the game was the fourth that quarter ugly. Was brutal. That, that fourth quarter was gross. That, well, that, and, but that score going into that third quarter, like leaving that third quarter, flattered the Riders. Absolutely. Like, they, there's no way they were in that game at all. They weren't. At the end of the first quarter, I'm like, there's no way in hell we're winning this game. Yep. Save for one good kick return, they would never have been close. Yeah. But they were still somehow in that football game. At least on the scoreboard. But I digress. So this game, is this just a one-off, or is this actually a bad team? If you're sitting at 1-3, you can't say they're a good team. I would if say... You're, you're, you are what your record says you are, right? The Riders and BC are going to be fighting for crossover. And right now, neither would have it because Montreal has a win. I know. Weird. <laughs> but that's the, that's probably the way it's, it's going to shake last, out. Though. Oh, I know. It's that's probably the way it's going to shake out, though, because neither team's looking really good right now, and they got Mike Riley. So the Riders need to start picking up wins, and good thing they got BC back to back, because this is it's going to tell us exactly what this team is. If they don't win, they got win come, one of them. If they don't come out with a split, there's something wrong. They don't come up with a split. The season's done. Gone yes, I realize. One and five? Yeah. That's very, very hard to come back from. Everyone's going to throw out the 2011 BC Lions and blah, blah, blah. That's a, that's a one-off situation. They lost a lot of close games that year and won the Great Cup. <coughs> the be, the best thing about the, five, but, but, but the best thing about the BC Lions winning the Great Cup that year? It wasn't Winnipeg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's always a great thing. So, is this a bad team? One-off game? It's a one-off. I'm back to being the eternal homer. I'm sorry. I think that was... They're still not good. They're not yeah, a good team. I don't think they're as good as we thought they were going to be. And I don't know what's going on with the defense because that's two and a half poor performances that this defense has had. And this is supposed to be the same, if not better, overall defense than we had last year. And it's not showing whatsoever. Micah Johnson, the, only place, the only place you could find him is on the side of a milk carton. Because he's been completely invisible. He's missing right now in this defense. I don't know if it's scheme, if they're just not letting him run. Maybe he's just taking the double teams, and, and that's why we're not seeing him. But we're not seeing any plays out of him. And this is a guy who was second in the league in sacks last year at the defensive tackle position. That's exactly and where the problem is. And he's done next to nothing this year. And that's not. I'm not blaming Micah Johnson, but the problem has been up front, the front four. There, there's no pressure there. We don't have the, the skill to sit there and give a guy three, four, five seconds. You need to be in the quarterback's face, and they haven't been. I think a lot of the problem with the way this defense is built, because Shivers is a Chris Jones acolyte or apprentice, whatever the hell you want to call him. Jones's defense always had those utility players, those jackknife players. You had Toby, you had Sam McGuavin, you had Willie, where you could move them front and back, put them wherever the hell you want. We don't have that this year. We have guys, guys fitting in one peg. In one peg. And so it's a very, I don't say vanilla defense, but it's very straightforward. It's easy to, to plan against when you know where the guys are going to be on defense. Like, yeah, you don't have Willie Drop. You don't have 
AC Leonard dropping back like Willie used to do. You don't have a guy like Toby Antigua who could play line or linebacker. And I think it's starting to show. Like, it's easy to scheme against this defense now. One other thing I actually do want to give praise to, and this goes to everything not on the field in this past game, the crowd, the in-game experience, I thought was fantastic. Considering there was only only 29,000 people there, and we'll talk attendance here in just a second, um, the crowd was loud all the way until the very end. Even when the team was down by 22 points, in-game announcers still getting the crowd fired up, the music still going, and keeping the crowd fired up. They were still loud on defense, and usually you can hear it really taper off when the you know game gets out of hand and you get down 32 or you know 30 points. It wasn't like that. I, I was really impressed with the crowd, and I was impressed with the, the in-game experience, and we got a new new gainer with uh, no contact lenses this time. So I think that kind of set everything off on the right foot in terms of the crowd. and were, that, that was the biggest ovation I was going to say, that was the biggest ovation of the game was... Well, the Stanley Cup was pretty good, too. Yeah, that was a good one, too, and that, that was totally different. But We're all Penguins fans here. Can I, can I rant about something here? Remember when Chris Kunitz won the Stanley Cup three times? Remember when he won it back-to-back with the Penguins just a couple of years ago? When did Regina care about the Stanley Cup? I was there. They didn't. I was there when uh, he had it. There was a lot of people. They didn't, they didn't bring him to uh, a Ryder game. They didn't do but, all this. But they weren't touted as Saskatchewan's team in the in the Stanley Cup Finals. They were, Chris Kunitz was from Regina, whereas the Blues. And Josh Archibald, too. Yeah. Who? <laughs> He's from Regina. It counts. You want Archie? Come on. <laughs> that, but I think that was the difference, was the Blues had how many players from Saskatchewan? Three. They had three. Was it just three? They had three. They had 19 from Canada. They had three from Saskatchewan. Washington had two last year. Holtby and uh, Chandler Stevenson. There wasn't that big of a a hubbub about that. But same thing. They weren't touted as Saskatchewan's team at the end. So does that that mean it's a Las Vegas wins that's going to be Saskatchewan's team? Oh, God. Don't get me started on that garbage. (laughs) I knew that would push his buttons. Wrong Greg here. Where's my sweatband? (laughs) You know that sweatband I can borrow? The note of Justin Greg show, who you can find with the uh, this Saskatchewan podcast, podcast network. The number of asshats who went out and bought Vegas Golden Knights jersey because a YouTube <laughs> channel told them to. They're my second team. They got Mark Andre Fleury. They got Bark Andre Furry. Okay, they're, they're my they, second favorite team. I like them because of Mark Andre. No, I have nothing against the Vegas Golden Knights. Just this whole Saskatchewan's team garbage. You're gonna get me to say BS again on on recording. Yeah, you got two your weeks one in a row. Yeah. You're, you're good right oh. now. Um, I just, whatever. I mean, great. Awesome. I mean, happy for those, for the Sasky boys getting yeah. the, getting the and, and, That was great to see. And, and, the, and, the, and the Schwartz story is a great story and fantastic. it's heartwarming. And they, yeah. they took the Stanley Cup up to the Cancer Award yep. before they came to the game. So, um, I, I, I agree. <laughs> like it would have been nice if Kunitz would have got the tour too, but I, I'm not going to fault him for it. It was, it was a good, it was a good moment. I, I want to give my own personal shout out. To uh, the security at the at Mosaic Stadium, I got to bring my lightsaber in. So that guy's getting, yeah, that guy's getting fired. <laughs> there was like five of them. They were like they were like stick. I separated my dual lightsaber and had him like I was holding them. They were I wasn't hiding them. And he looked at me. Looked at the lightsabers. They made me undress the robe and all of that garbage. And I'm sitting there holding the lightsabers the whole time. <laughs> I did not. I did not. <laughs> I might want to reword that a little bit. <laughs> I was undressing and holding my lightsaber. It's a family show. But it wasn't last yeah. week when you swore, you jerk. 
Well, when we talk about Steph Logan, it might not be a family <laughs> show after. But yeah, kudos to security. They're not going to let me in again, but hey, it was once. Actually, I got to admit, the, the, while I guess we're going to get to this eventually with it, when it comes to attendance, but um, the vendors are actually, um, the stadium experience is getting better. Uh, have you been to Lancaster? You don't eat at the stadium at all, do you? I eat nothing at the stadium. It's too damn expensive. That it is. I think over the two two years plus a couple games, I've spent thirty bucks at that stadium. Um, Lancaster has a sandwich for every team in the league. What's their Winnipeg one? It is a just a wiener. I swear to God, that's all it is. <laughs> it's a plain hot dog. If you haven't gone, right. if you haven't gone, there's a Piffles float shop. That's where you gotta there spend is, your money. Because yeah. who needs beer with ice cream? As we all we put all our hands up. No, I, 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 that doesn't appeal to me. Beer it's, actually really, it's not beer, it's that Rattler. Oh, it's a Rattler, yeah. Okay. So it's not really beer, and it's not really <laughs> good, but, you know. So on the positive, even though the team sucks, we got good amenities. There you go. Yay! <laughs> and that's why they made the stadium. Everything was good. Um, <laughs> the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Feston of Royal LePage or John Realty. Check out our Facebook page, Kathy Feston, Royal LePage. Attendance, down. This is the first time, and, and I'll give credit to Jamie Nye of uh, C. Jamie and CKOM of Green Zone. He tweeted this out, that this is the first Stampeders home game that the Riders have had uh, since 2007, the home opener there, that hasn't been sold out or with a capacity of 30000 or more. Because of the temp seats and blah blah blah, so there were sellouts at twenty eight eight at Old Taylor Field, and there were crowds of over thirty three. This one was only twenty nine thousand. Now, yeah, kind of a eight o'clock on a Saturday in the summer for whatever reason. Just I mean, we have so many out of towners that come to games, so that's not an ideal time. You're not going to come back from the lake just for that. And if you did, I'm, I'm sorry because you got treated to that performance. But attendance is down everywhere. And that's just the way it is now. It's great to have sellouts and everything. And, and I mean, the Riders are still going to lead the league in attendance. And, and it'll be fantastic, hopefully. They, and they are, actually. If you look at the numbers, the Riders are, are so far through the early part of the season, averaging 4,000 more fans per game than the remainder of the team. They are third in percentage, percentage. of attendance. Hamilton and Ottawa. Actually, I think Montreal. No, no. Well, okay. So if you if you round up, they're tied because both them and Ottawa are at eighty eight point. They're Ottawa's eighty eight point eight, and we're eighty eight point six percentage. But also Montreal's um, capacity is twenty thousand. So like, they they, they, they they better be in the nineties percentage. But uh, you look at a place like Edmonton, who for their home opener only had twenty five thousand. You know what, though? And then against BC, didn't even have that. Kudos to the Eskimos for trying to fix that right away well, with and their that's, And that's where I was about to go, plan. too. Yeah, because you, you've seen a reaction this week from Edmonton, mm-hmm. from Toronto, where they're basically putting a fire sale on tickets to try to get people to come. And in Edmonton, it's, I mean, to be fair, you can kind of do that with a 60,000-seat oh, yeah. stadium, right? And and they're just doing it in the end zones and in the sections that they normally tarp off with the sponsor, you're not tarps. So... I mean, you're not getting 50-yard line tickets for 20 bucks, and you shouldn't. But, and like you guys said, kudos to them for, for doing this. And just get people in the in the stadium spending money on merch and concessions and everything else and create that generation. Because you can afford to take your family then. Going to a Rotter game, family of four, you can't. 
I can't, you can't I, afford to nope. do that. It's just, it's too much, especially when you have to feed the kids there and everything, and you can't bring in your own stuff. We'll just go it's buy just one two-foot hot dog for the entire family. Yeah, that's what, that'd be the smart thing to do, but... Hey, if my family wasn't gluten-free, I gladly would. <laughs> but that's the thing, is like, um, I moved my seats across an aisle to save $1,000. On four seats, I saved $1,000 by crossing the aisle. It's... These game like no one goes to football games for football anymore except diehards like us, so to speak. They people go for the amenities, they go for the concert series, they go for the DJ, they go for gainer of all things as well. And it's getting too expensive to take a family for it. You're not kidding. It's easier to stay at home and watch it on your big screen in high definition and enjoy the experience than it is to go to the, to drag everyone down to the the stadium. See, and I think it's. I think there's two problems. I think the first problem you you outlined perfectly. Why would you go to the stadium for a crappier view than you can get sitting on your couch with a beer in your hand that you paid, you know, three bucks for, and you know, air conditioning when you could go out to the stadium and pay three hundred for your your family? It's it's a no brainer when the TV viewing has gotten better, while the the in game experience is basic. It's still football. It hasn't changed. But the I think the biggest problem is the moving the season up. We've always known that crowds get bigger after Labor Day. You get rid of that summer vacation time. People are back in town on the weekends because they're not going anywhere. You get more crowds. You get more people. There's where the problem is. They they tried to push the season up, and we're going to see it hit every year from now on. Hashtag move the season back. Let's start in yeah, August. Let's do it. Start the season in September. Compete is, with the NFL. Is it time to kind of do what Edmonton and Toronto's doing? But only on game days itself. Game day morning, let's say there's still 4,000 seats left at Mosaic Stadium. 20 bucks. Yep. Is it time that the riders do that and other places around the league? Because you don't want to give away tickets. You don't want to drop them to 5 bucks in Toronto and just totally devalue your product. You don't want to no. admit that, right? Like That's so hard for a business to admit. And, and you shouldn't have to devalue because it's still a great product. But at the same time, 20 bucks is a lot more than zero. And especially when you're saving, you know, 50 bucks on a ticket, okay, well, maybe I'll spend that 50 bucks on merch and, I, you know, I can go buy a hat or I can go get a couple beers or something now. And this is where the the way the riders are set up, like, you look at what Atlanta did with their family-friendly pricing. Brilliant. They own 95% of the um, concessions in their stadium. Riders don't do that. They 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 farm out to local businesses. Yeah, they're, they're kind of screwed in that. So right? they're they're screwed in that th- that aspect. So unfortunately, you're not going to see the two dollar hot dog no. at, in, at any rider game. But yeah, lower the ticket costs. Like there's, I I've taken high school math. I understand if you charge less people more money, you can make the same amount if you charge more people less money. So find that happy medium, and you can still make money. See, Fill the goddamn stadium. Here, here's the problem you have with your, your game day plan, though. They, they can't do that every game. Because if they start doing that every game, Everyone's people gonna are going to expect it. They'll yeah. wait till game day and buy their $20 tickets. But do it, you know, as a surprise once in a while. Be like, hey. Do it against the teams that yeah. traditionally don't sell right? well. Do it to, against Montreal. Yeah. Do it against, well, Ottawa seems to sell well yeah. here. But, you know, the Eastern teams there that you people go. don't care so much about. Yeah. Do they still have flex packs? Yep. Do they? Okay. I think so. Yep, they do. Um, I heard this uh, rumbling at work. What about blackouts? Is oh, it time God. to bring those back? That's what killed. That's what actually what killed. Almost killed the team to begin with. It wasn't until Hobson re- removed the blackouts and going, "Hey, check out our game day experience," that people fans start coming back. 
helped that we, they started winning too. But <laughs> but the team was on, on dying until Hobson took off the blackouts. I have a feeling TSN would say a big old hell no to to blackouts and taking away, especially in Saskatchewan. And I think a lot of people would say hell no to that. If you're not going <laughs> to yeah. let me watch the game for free, I'm not going to watch it all, and you're going to turn a lot of people off. Yeah. So I heard that at work, and I was like, ew, that's, that's something. But don't. I don't think we're there yet. We're still averaging 29,000 people. Yeah, and this, this is more for other stadiums other, other than us. Like, but I honest, mean, maybe this is honestly, I game, think the future, the future of sports in these stadiums, they're going to get smaller. Yep. They're not going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, the streaming exactly the the talk of moving the expos back or bringing the expos back they're talking about a downtown stadium with a capacity less than mosaic stadium because they know they people are not going to fill a 60,000 50,000 seat uh, stadium anymore yeah sure as heck not going to do it 81 times a year exactly so i think the days of the 30,000 seat arena is almost dead because the, the product is too good on TV, too good on streaming, and they just can't seem... You, you aren't going to get fans out, out anymore. Well, I don't think it's as big as a, as an issue that we're maybe making it out to be, but... It's, it's leaning that way, though. It's starting to go that way, and you're going to keep send, seeing that trend year after year where attendance is going to go down, and that's just... That's just sports nowadays. Um... <laughs> The Rouge. Let's talk single points. So the greatest play in football. BC wins a game on a missed field goal. They get a rouge because Sergio Castillo misses a forty-two yard field goal, but the ball goes out of bounds. Steph Logan catches it for Toronto out of bounds, and sorry, Chris Rainey. Chris Rainey catches the ball out of bounds, and Steph, Lo- Steph Logan going out of bounds is a whole different yeah. topic, and that's coming up. <laughs> Um, BC wins 18-17 final play of the game Rouge single now I wrote an article and I took a, an absolute beating on this and I knew I would people are set in their ways this is such a Canadian thing such a Saskatchewan thing oh if it's not broke don't fix it it's actually a little bit broke you so, young whippersnapper yeah oh, I'm not 60 what was it 69 60, 69 years old, he, he mistyped it was supposed to be 60 60 years old I have no opinion on this okay well if you're over 60 maybe you shouldn't have an opinion on this uh, <laughs> apologies to any <laughs> sexagenarians out there 60 year old people don't know how to work a podcast it's fine don't worry about it I'm kidding I'm kidding sorry grandma <laughs> <laughs> my grandma has an iPad she knows how to use that there you go she knows more about an iPad than I do I'm an Android guy but she uh, she could school me on, a, on an iPad so that's awesome. Anyway, um, the Rouge. I put it on an article. Check it out, Piffles, pifflespodcast.com. I'm not saying get rid of the Rouge because I would not be in favor of that. I'm just saying amend some of the things that the Rouge is awarded for, like missed field goals that go out of bounds. All I'm saying is that, so the returning team is going to concede that point. If they want to do that in exchange for field position, I'm all for that. That's great. If this kick would have happened earlier in the game, people wouldn't be talking about it, but here we are. It's just because it happened at the most crucial part of the game. I'm not in favor of a ridiculous idea that you should be rewarded for failure. The object of kicking a field goal is to make the field goal and get three points. You're not trying to get one point. You're trying to get three points. If the other team wants to concede the ball, fine. You can have your one wiener point. I'm going to call it that. Keep the Rouge on a punt. 
that's fine, whatever. It should almost be like they are in kickoffs. If the ball goes out of bounds and nobody touches it, no point is awarded. Because nobody's conceding anything. The ball just happens to go out. That's it. Keep the rouge for a punt that goes in and, and bounces around the end zone and you pick it up and you kneel it. That's fine. If it goes out the side of the end zone, fine. Let them keep their point, even though that's kind of for failure too because no kicker ever really wants to do that. They want a coffin corner punt. But on field goals, no, you're trying to get three points, not one. And I feel bad for Chris Rainey because he stepped one half a foot out of bounds when he caught that ball. And in Toronto Stadium, they only have 17-yard end zones. So, yeah, if it was the full 20, he would have been able to catch the ball in bounds and, and get the ball out and kick it out or whatever. And we would have had the most exciting play in the CFL, which is kicking the ball back and forth to try and avoid a rouge. Now, don't get me wrong. That's fantastic. I couldn't... Well, was it the last time that actually happened and ended the game was Toronto and Montreal? I think back mm -hmm. in, what, 2010 or something like that? It was a while ago. But anyway, that was amazing. I'm all in favor of that. If you can try and return it out and kick it out, great. I'm all for it. But if the ball goes out of bounds and it was never in bounds after Rainey caught it, play's dead. See, no I points should be awarded. That game should have gone to overtime. See, and I want to go one step further than that. Because you mentioned on punts, if it bounces out... No eh, point. Whatever. I'm not trying to change everything. No, my my thought is if it bounces inbounds at any point, field goal, kickoff, punt, I don't care, you can award the single. Because if it bounces, the team has a chance to to get to it. If not, they they were placed wrong on the field. That happens. But if it bounces and goes out, fine, keep the point. But if it flies out of bounds and the first thing it touches is out of bounds, no point. I don't want to see that again. That, that's what a terrible way to end a football you game. You see Mike Riley after? He's like, I can't believe we won that game on a friggin' missed field goal. That was the look on his face. The kicker was mad because he missed. He wasn't celebrating because he got a single point. He was mad because he missed a very makeable kick. No professional athlete should be happy that they won the game on a missed kick. I mean, yeah, you won a game. Great, it works in the standings. But if you're happy with the, how that game ended... But you don't, like be Ken, you, don't like, you don't like the Ken Miller special? No. Yeah, which we all know doesn't work. The argument I've seen from other people about this, I say you're rewarding failure. They're saying, no, you're rewarding field position because you got the ball to the end zone. Well, the ball wasn't in a scoring play in the end zone, to, to those, which is garbage. To, to those people, then I, I suggest this rule. If you kick it past the goal line, it's one point. You get it through the uprights, it's three. Hell, let's put it like a little ring halfway up the uprights. If you get it through that, that's a touchdown. Like, come on. Like, I love the Rouge. It's, it's a great Canadian thing. Let me throw a ball into the end zone as a quarterback. Guy goes up to catch it, doesn't catch it. Well, you still got it into the end zone. Across yeah. the scoring plane. Across the scoring plane. So that there's a single point there. Garbage. No, you're rewarding failure. And the league needs to... They need to amend that. They're not going to, but... They need to. This and is the people are saying, well, that's what makes a game Canadian. No, it's not. The waggle does. The ratio does. The bigger field. The extra player. That's the things. The la one last down. That's what makes the Canadian game Canadian. This is so obviously the very definition of old man yell at clouds. I mean, I realize we're all 18, but you know, <laughs> it's uh, it, we all know nothing's going to change. It'd be great if it did. And we're never going to talk about this again because it's not going to happen for another 15 years. I'm not a fan of the Rouge at the, you know, at the beginning of the game. I'm not a fan of it 
on a, on a missed field goal, I should say. I'm not a fan of it then, because think of it as a three. It's a three-point shot, right? Look at the three-point shot in the NBA. Oh, you hit the rim. That, all, that almost went in. No, because <laughs> technically if you hit the rim like Milo, that yeah, should be worth something. something. So okay. air balls are so, worth one. So air balls. Yeah. Well, you got it close. Is, it, is there anything more Canadian than the Rouge, though? He, like, oh, he, you gave, gave a good shot there, eh, bud? But uh, yeah. we're, uh, we're going to give you a single, eh? Here's one point. Let's, let's go to Tim Hortons now. comes with an apology as well. <laughs> oh, sorry there, bud. Uh, you didn't get there. Ridiculous. Eh? Anyway, you don't... Tried. Anyway, don't get rid of the Rouge. I'm not saying that. People... I'm, I'm not saying get rid of the Rouge. <laughs> you could tell who read the article based on... I even put in the headline of the post. Amend the Rouge. Amend the Rouge. Not see, people who it. did who wanted to see that saw the End very, the Rouge. The very first line says, I'm not trying to change anything. Like, I'm not trying to get rid of it. I'm not saying get rid of it. Just change it. Just a little bit. On one thing. There's other things that you can do around Haven't it. you learned anything? Change does not go well. Yeah. I.E. Gainer. <laughs> well, that worked well in the end, I guess. Um, okay. Anyway. we got, <laughs> Let's move on. One more thing before we get to our weekly picks. Um, so... News came out, Deron Carter and Steph <laughs> Logan got fined for violating the social media policy. Let's start with Deron Carter. I love him on Twitter. He's fantastic. He More calls tweets. out fans, quote tweets them, and calls them out, calls them idiots. It's amazing. I He's love got a it. bet with a fan that has to kiss his ass if he lasts with BC for the season. I hope that happens. This is great. More. Greg, you'll remember this. The Vince McMahon kiss my ass. Oh, I, I, exactly made, I, made, I made that image. Don't you uh, remember? Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm not even a big wrestling fan, and I remember that. So yeah, yes. so uh, yeah, so Duran, we I, I love Duran. Maybe Go not so much at. on the field anymore, but like off the field, amazing. Go nope. follow at not Duran Carter now. The, that account suspended. Damn! I looked. We were going to start yeah. up a parody account, and nope, can't do it. That account's already been made and suspended. Um, anyway, for whatever he said, I don't. He he called out the. I th- I don't remember what game it was. He it wasn't even his game. He called out the refs and the command center in one tweet, oh, yeah. saying, "And you're gonna get fined for that." And the yeah. players yeah. know that. That's fine. He doesn't care. Yeah. What does he say? What does he say? Money isn't real. Yeah. So that's one of his sayings. Earth's he, flat. Said he, he said he's getting out of getting <laughs> off of Twitter. <laughs> he is a flat earther. That's right. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. He Why is. does that oh. not surprise me? <laughs> Yeah. I'm over here cutting a mango, minding my own damn business. Matt just disappointed me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's Amy's back. Yeah. Let's talk Steph Logan here. So he got fined for... Uh, well, this is on the <laughs> CFL's Instagram page. So the CFL was talking about Luc Brodeur-Jordan uh, retiring for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, he was relegated to kind of a backup at the end, but ended up playing pretty much his entire final game because of an injury. And uh, was actually really instrumental in, in William Stanback having 200-plus yards rushing and, and them winning against Hamilton. Um, so the CFL posts something on Instagram saying, from last overall in 2008, Mr. Irrelevant, um, so to his 168th and final game, link in the bio, um, somebody says, why is he playing his last game in week four, LOL? And someone says replied to that and said, I don't know, and you want to play the rest of the season when you know the team isn't making the playoffs and the team is equivalent to a garbage can, I know I wouldn't. Steph Logan replied to that. Shut the up, you sorry white boy. You wish you could be on the same field as us, you ing. People like you are disgusting in the world we live in. No class or respect. He likes that noise, by the way. Was that, uh, that kind of tickled my inside of my... 
lip. Um, so can you go back to last week's episode and replace my my comment, my swear word with a? Mm. <laughs> no way. Great. That's a new thing now. That's a me thing. You got to create your own sounds. No, no. I want you to make that sound. <laughs> so anyway, Stephen Logan calls out a player and, and go or calls out a, a fan here and goes right off on him. And uh, hey, good for Steph Logan. Probably got fined what two grand. Whatever they... He, they finally them. win a game, and he goes off. <laughs> like, dude! Anyway, dude, you can't do that. Like, you can't... But also do it more. <laughs> yeah, do it again. We personally think it's hilarious. <laughs> Probably for your own bank account, maybe don't do that. And, I mean, these are guys we want to try and market and, and everything, and the CFL has a problem with marketing their stars, and, and this is a guy that could be marketed in. You can't really market a guy that does that. If that's what he's, he's going to do. He's going to do what Deron Carter said he was going to do and start the start the parody account or the burner account. And But did, didn't a BC Lion coach get in trouble for that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was uh, two years ago. Oh, this is this year. Was oh, was it this yeah. year? This offseason, was yeah. it? Yeah, Tory yeah, Hunter. I it was a little bit longer than that. Yeah, Tory Hunter. Oh, yeah, I remember that name now. Yeah, yeah. it was the same as the baseball player. Yeah. That was great. I wonder how many professional athletes have burner accounts. Oh, you got to know they, they all have them. Got I it. Would. I would. The, the the best one was Strombone until everyone started realizing it was it actually, actually was him. him. Yeah. yeah. I liked his retirement announcement from Strombone. Yeah. That was great. So. Steph Logan, keep being you. Yeah. Just maybe not so vulgar. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you guys get your second one of the year. Let's uh, get to our picks for this week. Uh, we can talk about that here. Week five, Edmonton at BC. I'm sorry. Before we go any further, can I just praise myself for getting Montreal right? Took me three picks, but I finally did it. Lion, squirrel, nut. Right, yeah, it's 100% broken clock. But hey, I gotta take the positives when I can get them. They're rare. Good thing we're not keeping track of who actually gets this right here. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. I think I'll be pretty bad at this. I'm winning. Anyway, we're still gonna do Yeah, probably. Probably. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Uh, So Edmonton at BC. Edmonton. Yeah, I like Edmonton on that one too. I think BC wins that one. I don't know what it is, just a weird gut feeling. Toronto at Winnipeg. This could be a slaughter. Oh no! I, I Toronto. Don't think, yeah, Toronto doesn't have any, any poop going, so got dumped. Yeah, poop got dumped. And the butler did it. Yeah, no butler. Uh, yeah, it's a slaughter, Winnipeg. Yeah, I'm not actually picking Toronto. Winnipeg's winning that by double digits. Yeah, even without uh, Adam Big Hill, who might miss the game as well. Winnipeg wins. Montreal at Ottawa. We found out why the uh, Red Blacks were pretenders last week. Still, still Ottawa though. Well, I'm going Montreal. No. Actually, I'm Ottawa going Montreal. doesn't play as good at home as they probably should. They've actually got a losing record at home. Yeah, so, I'm, go- I'm going with Montreal too. Well, damn, this is weird. I'm going against Montreal. Go, go Ottawa. Well, not go Ottawa. I hope Montreal wins. But... Go away, Ottawa. Yeah. No. <laughs> Just go sit in a corner. Further away. Uh, and finally, Calgary and Hamilton. Great Cup preview? No. Because Hamilton will find a way to blow it? No, I figure Winnipeg will be in the Great Cup and lose. It'll be great. That's my favorite. They'll Other than the Riders they'll, winning. They'll find a way to lose the West Final at home. Gotta go for 30. Um, I'll go to Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton. Now that there's proper film on Arbuckle, I think uh, Hamilton does pull this one. I, especially after losing to uh, to Montreal last week, Hamilton will win this one. 
Oh, I think that's... Did we, did we cover everything this week? That's all I had written down. We can make more poop jokes. Eh. Those are kind of shitty. <laughs> hey! <laughs> language! <laughs> you mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I but think that is the end of the, the good. The good news is, though, um, Poop Johnson, who hasn't stuck around the league, obviously... Um, can go back to uh, his first love, being in the media. I hear he's going to be signed with Fox, and they're going to have him circle the bowl at the uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> but but the, pro- the problem is, problem is though, amongst the fans, they're worried what's going to happen if Poop hits a fan. Stop it. <laughs> Sounds like a number two option to me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week. When did I become podcast. the mature one here? Oh, uh, Okay, and now that... uh, Call this episode one deuce deuce. No. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, no Ryder game to preview this week. We'll do that next week when the Riders are uh, home to BC, and we'll take a look at that game. And I won't be here. Hey, I get the Iron Man streak. All to myself. Mm -hmm. The one that nobody cares about. <laughs> so I, ca- I cared for the one week I had it. You, you care. You, we don't care unless you actually have a streak. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're back to talking about streaks after Poop Johnson jokes. Oh. <laughs> okay, for real. <laughs> That's it. We're done. We're done. We're done. This the... People wonder why I'm not around it. I don't think people wonder. People are probably pretty happy for you getting out of this. Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week here on the Pivots Podcast. Hey, thank you guys so much for joining us here. Pivots Podcast, episode 122. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. We're on Twitter, at Pod. No poop jokes there. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You can find me at Safamud. Uh, follow me at NotDrunkCarter. <laughs> uh, Instagram at Pod and the website PifflesPodcast.com. Of course, Piffles Podcast brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen in, on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. And special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty, Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN Canadian Football Podcast Network and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Check out hashtag Sass Podcast. Check out some uh, good local podcasts. Speaking of local, Tyler Gilbert is going to sing us out. Here's Ghost Behind Your Mind. The ghost behind your mind.